What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Carl Auto Group. Uh, we have been on hiatus. We will explain that. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. Did I get everything? I got to get into the ad first because we got to thank the Carl Auto Group into the ad. for all of their continued support. We really appreciate them. If you're looking for a car, if you're looking for a new car, used car, whatever uh, it may be, go down to the Carl Auto Group. Give them a follow. They're on Twitter, at Carl Auto Group. Uh, pretty simple tagline there, I guess. Um, they're on Facebook, too, under the uh, Carl Chevrolet banner. But uh, fantastic people at the Carl Auto Group. Uh, make sure you give them a look if you are looking uh, or in the market for a new car. All right. Let's get into it, Damon. We have both been uh, insanely swamped. So sorry that we have not had a podcast up. I got super sick um, a couple weeks back, and this is my first day tonight on Monday, uh, my first day with any sustainable internet connection uh, since last Tuesday. That sounds like a problem. So, yeah, six days without internet. Um, I expect my, what's uh, what's $70 divided by 30? Like four? Like four bucks a day. Yeah. $24. I can buy an extremely not real hockey jersey from China for that. Oh, I don't know. They're pretty real. Yeah. I mean, the the material is real. It looks the part. I mean. I've gotten a bunch of them from China that are stitched and everything, and they look That's great. right. That's what I'm saying. I, I had a kid spill a red fruit punch on a uh, Ben Zobrist uh, World Series MVP jersey I had at a party in college. Um, yeah. Does do not want to pay one hundred eighty dollars for a jersey. Not yeah. not that I would ever pay for the twenty dollars ones from China, and, and those definitely aren't from there. Right, allegedly, apparently. I so I've been covered our bases. So I've been told. So I've been just swamped with dumb stuff um, that isn't important. I could probably have worked around it. Um, lazy moment on me, maybe. But uh, Damon has been coaching his bowling team to insane results. And that uh, definitely doesn't go without hard work. And you can tell how much hard of work uh, Damon's putting into it based on uh, his availability and everything like that. So I wanted to spare it. And after a couple days, it became evident that I wasn't going to have internet and we, we just pushed everything back uh, just to, to ease our sanity, I suppose. But we're going to cover all the big topics um, on this episode. And real quick, Damon, you guys were in first on Saturday. I saw you finish fourth. I'm not here to be the Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. You you had an individual champion again, right? Yeah, third time this year. Same girl. Same girl, yep. All right, so I've ordered the Chris Bryant T-shirt. I'm going to send to her. Okay. Through you, of course. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, that uh, that was fun. Third Third tournament win for her. Uh, in fact, she only finished three pins behind the guys' champion. To put in perspective for you, so breaking she, barriers. Yeah, she damn near beat the entire place, which would have been pretty cool um, overall. But yeah, it was an interesting day. Uh, started the day in first and ended the day in fourth. And as a coach, it's not what you want to see. But uh, um, like I told them last night and and tonight, it was a learning experience for us. Because in the history of Columbia College Bowling, which was five years prior to me in the last two years, we've never been in first place ever. After uh, a day. After one day. And uh, so having a lead and, and being out front is a little bit different than always trying to chase. And uh, so it was it was a learning ex- experience for us. And we... Uh, hopefully got better today and and tomorrow we'll continue to grow and and clean up on some of the things that we missed on how was practice today because in my time in hockey um and still today if we blow a big lead and come back to practice it's it's not a fun one did you have them do suicides down the alleys is that a lot (laughs) no no, we didn't do that today we had a small group today so finals are next week and so we got a lot of kids that are getting caught up on some class stuff and making sure their their classes are all ready to go for final stuff uh, so that was, that's kind of my main priority right now is making sure everybody's are ready to go for finals. So we had a smaller group today, but really it was, it wasn't because we, we didn't really 
bowl bad. We just didn't get the breaks that we did on Saturday. Like I, I put in that post, you know, we, the stuff that we did well on Saturday, we didn't do well on Sunday. And so, um, you know, the things that went our way on Saturday didn't go our way on Sunday. And it just, like I told them, some days it's your day and today's not your day. Um, and and that's kind of what happened on Sunday. We basically in practice really kind of stressed the stuff that we, we missed on. A lot of missed spares, a lot of easy stuff. And uh, definitely worked on some of the team game side. And um, we're going to do that for the next six days basically um we get the opportunity to do that and regardless you, you stomped on the throat of iowa state didn't you <laughs> yeah we did we uh we did they actually stayed in our hotel so i kind of got a laugh out of that i was sitting next to a couple of their kids down in the lobby when you sent me that on saturday night it was, <laughs> uh, it was pretty good but uh yeah we we definitely made made iowa state feel our wrath a little bit but Today's practice wasn't bad. We actually got a lot of good things out of it. You know, we we kind of talked about how do we go ahead, how do we go forward and not do what we did again, basically, is kind of the conversations that we had. And um we had really good had some really good, really good conversation. And I think we'll continue to hopefully go in the right direction. Well, obviously the uh the goal of any team is to win a championship, but I, I think a good goal for us, for our fan group of the Columbia Cougars, is to get in the tournament this year. Um, with your freshman phenom, is that do we need to sophomore, start drumming sophomore. Sophomore. sophomore? Okay, well, same difference with the COVID year. Yeah, I don't think she gets that though, right? Uh, no. <laughs> is there is there any NIL deals that we need to start talking about? I don't know. If you can drum something up, let me know. Though. All right, everybody. Go buy some Always Race Day shirts. And that is that is how I That's how we do it. lead you on a windy road to talk to you about uh, Always Race Day shirts. If you want a shirt for a specific driver or moment, let us know. Um, it's not – it doesn't cost us anything up front to put the shirt design on the site. It's only costs us once we make uh, the shirts after they're ordered. So – Get with us on that. Let us know if you have anything. I'm not trying to say we're not creative creative enough to come up with shirt ideas, but if you'd want something like that, let us know. We can definitely work something out um, and get those shirt orders in uh, before the holidays come. You can get anyone in your family a big late model suck t-shirt, and they can parade it around to every late model race around the country next year. Dude, I hope somebody does that. Like, You know, we're in Knoxville this year. No, but I mean like Marlins, man. You know how the the Miami Marlins guy goes around to every baseball stadium and wears the same stuff all the time. Like I want people to wear that shirt. I think we'll have to, to, we'll have to pay somebody to do that. Go to every massive late model race in the country and wear that shirt. We're gonna have okay. I I got some connections. We're gonna have to pay somebody to do that. I think. I don't think you have to. Marlins man doesn't get paid to do it. We're going to have to pressure Chris to go with him, too. Well, that's fine. Let him go with him. I agree. Maybe we'll, we'll get on one of those flights. I, I, would, I would take at least one of them. Like, yeah, take, take a nice PJ out there. Can you still hear me? Yeah. All right, we're yep. back now. All right. And, guys, that is uh, – that is me operating on a hotspot still because the internet is somewhat back. We have signal now uh, on like Wi-Fi. Like before, like it was. Let's not fool the folks here, Connor. You I'm trying to explain. The grid. You've moved off the grid. You've gotten rid of your <laughs> internet. You're trying to get away from from all sorts of, of social media so you don't have to hear the wrath of anybody anymore. I, I want to get away from. Excuse. I want to get away from the dumb Cyhawk arguments on Twitter uh, that vastly similar uh, characteristics to the dirt racing fans complaining about the, the really small things that don't make a massive difference um, in anything that we see. So anyways, um, I don't think the connection should be that spotty. It's been really good today uh, on the hot spot. It still actually is the Knock hot on spot. Wood. Knock on wood. We're right there. We're right there. there All go. right. But let's let's get into um, some headlines um, from the past couple of weeks. I think uh, the biggest one, for me at least, was the uh, World of Outlaws schedule uh, being released. 87 um, dates on the schedule. 
there's a question mark, actually, on the schedule at Eldora. That's the first point I want to bring up. King's Royal Week is still scheduled for the same days, the Brad Doty uh, on that Tuesday. And then the two days in the middle, so the, the King's Royal is set to be a two-day two format again. Um, as you know, if you've paid attention to our podcast or Eldora, um, or you've made this observation yourself, it's pretty much a one-day format, especially if you rain out the Friday. But it's it's very much a one-show one show deal aside from one car uh, that ends up winning the first night. But that, so the Kings Royal, um, back on the same day, same expected weekend. Those two days in the middle that were used for the historical big one last year, they have not been announced um, whatsoever of what is going on that day um, or those two days, I suppose. I don't believe they are World of Outlaws sanctioned events. They're not listed as TBA on the World of Outlaws schedule where other races are. Um, it seems here, and I'm throwing an educated guess. I do not have any inside information. If I did, I wouldn't be saying it like this. It seems like Flow Racing might have gotten the historical big one or might be putting on something different. Eldora did tease that it is going to be an unprecedented event in the history of sprint car racing. So I don't know what that means. Um, I would say to make it unprecedented, you have to have a cool format that goes with it. But if it's going to be the same format, I feel as though it's not very unprecedented. But that's just it- throwing all my takes. I just gave you a take sphere, a take dice. You can roll it and you get any one of those six takes. Is it unprecedented if they have a normal format but give like a million dollars that's what i mean like if it's that like yeah that's very unprecedented right that's gonna make more people come hopefully uh i thought the crowd at the eldora million last year for the late models was pretty good and i'm not um a thousand percent sure what um what they're thinking about doing i you know two what is it 250 grand at the houston tie bank nationals is the richest prize in sprint car racing right Right now, yeah, I think I think historically too. I could Is that what it's going to? I feel like I feel like I'm missing like a one-off race they did like one time, but I don't think well, I. Is, it, is that what they're going to? Is that yeah? What it's that's what they're to? moving to this year, I believe. It's two fifty or two twenty-five. I think it's two fifty. I think it's. I couldn't it's remember. 50. I thought it was two fifty because it's quarter. Yeah, it's two fifty. We're second guessing ourselves so much because we haven't talked to each other in person uh, or on video in like two, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the chemistry are off. The chemistry's off between me and Damon. But we'll get We'll there. fix it. We'll get there. We'll fix it. Um, another part of the outlaw schedule, they're not going to go on a West Coast trip in the spring. Um, instead, they're going to race uh, in Pennsylvania and host a couple of season openers uh, at a couple of different racetracks there. Um, Damon, what do you think about that? I know a lot of people were ticked about it, and I I hate seeing that part of the schedule go away. In my opinion, um, the top sprint car drivers in the country come from three different places, and it's Knoxville, Pennsylvania, and California. And for some reason, California gets left off that list. Well, considering that you're uh, defending champion and – Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson, Carson Messina. You know, you've, you've – bred a whole bunch from California. It's going to be weird too, because that's early in the year, right there. Those are early in the season. Yeah. March, March madness. Right. So you're moving, you're moving to Pennsylvania, the East coast where snow pops up at quite literally any time of the year. And, and weather is a big factor. Whereas on the West coast, you're not having to deal with it as much. You still have to deal with weather, but not as, severe or or problems problematic that way so you're asking for races to get canceled essentially and i i hope that if any of the outlaws are were listening to the first part of that they didn't cut it off right there um because the the counterpart is those races were being canceled last year because of fires and stuff like that and it, it was no guarantee you were getting them in last year or any year before that in general either the negative of it was they were hauling all the way from Florida to California. There was no regional in the middle. They they did Cotton Bowl a little bit, and I can't remember if that was before Vegas or after they went to Vegas and, and where they went 
in between, but it was very tough to get all of those races in in February. And they've, they've just wiped up everything but the dirt car nationals. Everything from February is gone. They're staying at Volusia. The first five races of the year will be at Volusia Speedway Park. Uh, I wish they would throw in a different track in the middle. But again, like it's just a logistical thing uh, that you kind of have to deal with. And you know what? In dirt racing, you can race at the same track five times. You can see five different winners, um, depending on how the track acts that night, the weather, everything like that. So I don't hate any of the portion of the schedule. I could say I hate Bristol, and that's another conversation we're probably about to have. But I, I get the no no trip out to the West Coast. They've they've had horrible luck with races being put on as um, as highlighted on the schedule at the start of the year. In February. I mean, I, I guess I get it logistically speaking, but you're you're missing out on a big fan base, right? Like that. The fan base out that way, we we see all the time, and and I know it's because we follow it a little bit more. But I mean, they run that three sixty series out there, right? That Dominic Selzy really dominates in. Well, those, the Narc the Narc series is four ten, right? And so yeah. they've got a lot of those those fan bases up and down the state of California that's missing out. Yeah, absolutely, and you know that that's what I keep saying. I keep telling the California fans to be loud and obnoxious on social media. Maybe they will go to your tracks more. Right. It seems to be the formula. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, I, somewhat of a joke there. I, dude, I'm really getting every end of the uh, make fun of someone stick. Yeah, you, have hit, episodes. you have hit all four corners. I'm glad. All right. Um, the no Bristol part. So when we first talked about Bristol – being on the schedule and stuff. I loved it because I love NASCAR at Bristol dirt because it meant we got the world of outlaw sprint cars and late models at Bristol dirt. That was the part of the Bristol dirt uh, quote unquote experiment that I wanted to see. I still think it's super cool. I'm not necessarily saying NASCAR should be there every year. I don't hate the race whatsoever. It's one of my favorites on the schedule it will always be, but I wish that would come with having the outlaws there with XR isn't going back next year for the Bristol dirt nationals that they usually have. Do you think that part of the reason that the outlaws are not doing that is because they were given the information that Bristol dirt was not going to happen on the cup side or on the NASCAR side? I don't know that um, for sure. I think we knew, I thought we knew, Earlier this year, like kind of did. 2022 did. Crystal Dirt. But as, as you're building your schedule, I mean, as the Outlaws are building their schedule, they're not just doing it the day that they release it. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying I thought we knew during like NASCAR Bristol this year that it was going to be back. The Cup Series would be back. Oh, I guess I don't remember that part. I knew okay. and I could be misremembering that. I knew that was last year. They said that last yeah. year at the at the Bristol Dirt Race, but I don't remember about this year, I guess. Yeah, so um I'm not sure on that. And I, I'm not looking at the World of Outlaws balance sheet. I'm not looking at the racers balance sheet. Um, but I do know that this year and in, in I keep mentioning things we're gonna get to in like five minutes, but with the high limit series, and, and we'll say some stuff on that in a bit. Um, with that coming up and this whole debate on whether the teams are going to stick with the world of outlaws or whether every powered team is going to leave, um, which detrimentally would not be good for dirt racing, sprint car racing, nor the world of outlaws, all three of them, right? Um, with that coming in mind, this is a schedule that feels like it is very much, um, I don't want to say pandering, but it's it's marketing and leaning itself towards the drivers making money, the teams making money. Which is the way it's supposed to be. Right, right, absolutely. And I think they do a pretty pretty bang-up job taking care of their drivers with tow money and, and stuff like that and the, the bonus programs they've had. They were uh, – I'm, dude, I'm getting so many. The word parading around just came to my 
had, and that that was absolutely not what Brian Carter was doing. Um, but he was proudly displaying uh, the amounts that te- that World of Outlaws teams made and how many made uh, over five hundred grand this year just in race earnings and, and stuff like that. And it was very good numbers for a series. It was numbers you could be braggadocious about because they ended up being that good. Um, so I don't, don't want to say he was doing it disrespectfully. Let me ask a follow-up question, though, to that, right? So all these teams that travel on the circuit with the outlaws, you know, but they don't get the ability to go and race other things. Yes, yes. That's what this whole – So with that, do you think, yes, that they are getting paid with the outlaws, but do you think that going – they would like to do other things than be on the road – every single night of the summer and be able to go race closer to home, closer to families, be able to, to hit big money races when they want to, because not, I mean, let's be honest, not only does the outlaws have their tour, but there's other big money races that happen throughout the year that the outlaws don't necessarily line up with. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right there. Um, Part of it, Part of the reason the Outlaws race every Friday and Saturday night is because drivers a few years back, um, and this is from Brian Carter's Wing Nation interview. It's on YouTube. You can go watch it. Um, I might, I'll try to put the link in the description if I remember. Uh, Brian Carter said basically they, they, the racers wanted them to stop having so many midweek races so that they could race less and be less pressured to get to events and, and make money and, you know, everything that goes into it. Right. But they wanted to essentially race less. Um, Now that wasn't part of the platinum deal that kept racers from running other series. I don't think, I think that came up before if I understand my history, correct. And I might not. So tell me if I'm wrong. Um, The thing is Brian Carter sincerely believes that a Tuesday night race and a track that's close to a World of Outlaws facility that weekend, if you have the show on Tuesday with whatever drivers can come and you have your Outlaws show Saturday, and maybe some of those guys are ASCOC guys and they leave, and and the car count for Tuesday ends up being bigger than Friday and Saturday, you're going to have fans that deviate from the World of Outlaws race to go to the high limit race. Right, and that's, to me that to me that sounds like a world of outlaw problem, and you shouldn't penalize the teams for it, though. I, I could, yeah, I, I agree with you uh, to an extent, and I'm just trying to lay out um, both sides uh, for what the debate. I mean, I guess right, the drivers yeah, and team so side is obvious to every fan because they just want to race. Right. Whatever. It's the late model drivers it's, thing. It's so funny because I'm actually we we had a bowling coaches meeting on the NAIA side this morning. We were having conversations pretty similar to what we're talking about right here about, you know, we're as a bowling congregation, we are underneath one major banner, all entities, NCAA, NAIA club, JUCO, everybody's underneath one entity. Whereas, and we're trying to do different things to eventually break away to help benefit our schools a little bit more. And so that relays to this because, you know, you've got these drivers and teams that want to do their own thing, that want to go win and make their own money doing things other than just follow the same tour. So let me ask you this. Do fans, let's say do 85% of your fans that show up to an outlaw race do they go because it's the world of outlaws or do they go because it's Donnie Schatz, Brad Sweet, and Logan Shuhart in the field? I Well, I think they're one and the same, but I get your point. I mean, if, if those I mean, same three drivers, if those same three drivers showed up at a different track with a different series on a different night, would the same amount of people still show up? I th- Yeah, I think the – well, you're getting three of the outlaws drivers, not the whole – you get what I'm under what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, well, it's funny you brought up Logan Schuhart since you dog him on this podcast all the time. That's Maybe. your third. That's your third biggest World of Outlaws brand that Damon is Logan. He's he's trying to backpedal in case no, Logan, in case we ever get Logan on here. I'm not. I'm he, he's, he's, Logan's a busy person. He's a he he's a bigger name in the at least 
Yeah, well, that that week that we we're trying to get him on specifically, he was. Um, no, but I I get what you're saying. They go to see the drivers. Some of them go on car count, which I don't. I will never, ever, ever understand. Don't bring that up to me. Don't don't bring up that fifty cars is better than thirty because it's not. If those thirty are better than the majority of the fifty, right? You get what I mean. Um, but I yeah, you're you're going to see the big name drivers and see who's there. And to for me that just wait, just, I'm 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 still I'm still with you. That other fifteen percent of fans that would go to see the World of Outlaws might not know that Logan Shuhar, Brad Sweet, and David Gravel, because um, I forgot Donnie Schatz's name because I'm stupid, uh, but th- they might not know those three are racing at this random racetrack on a random Tuesday night because that's what the World of Outlaws brand is. And that's how detrimental uh, figuring all of this out is to dirt racing because the casual fan knows what the World of Outlaws are, and they don't. E- they couldn't even tell you what the top late model tour is. They're a casual fan. Think you know, think about that. Right, because they can tell you drivers. Yes. And so the whole the casual fan can tell you drivers. Right. The but casual so, fan can tell you who Donnie Schatz is. Right. But what I'm what I'm saying here is it's integral that the world of outlaws figure out what needs to happen. And I'm not just putting the burden of doing that on them. Um both sides gotta work together, but it's critical that a deal gets done. And that's also why we haven't seen too many World of Outlaws announcements um, regarding teams and drivers for next season. Noah Gass is committed, um, as well as James McFadden uh, in the Roth uh, Motorsports 83 car next year. That's the only two we've had officially. So I I am going to put it on the Outlaws. And plain and simple, you know, I'm not trying to sit here and, and argue one way or another, but I think if – it, as a, a team owner or as somebody who would be a general manager of of your race team and your race entities, logistically speaking, you would chase more money than try to follow a tour if it's going to be more beneficial to you as an individual team is, is I guess, where I go with this. And so for the outlaws, they've got to give up that stranglehold power, basically, to – allow these teams maybe you put a number on it maybe you cap maybe you put a number on it like they do with the xfinity series in the truck series when the cup guys want to go down but maybe you put a number on, on it and say you're allowed this many events outside of the outlaws a year right and 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 do something along those lines where you still have a little bit of it but you don't have complete control and these teams can still go and win money elsewhere with with these other series yeah and you're because you're gonna lose drivers flat out you're gonna lose drivers brad sweet will will go to his own tour brad's talked about that too because he's you know part promoter uh of the high limit series um and and he's talked about that at length you know how do you sell a sponsor in napa without being on a tour full-time and that gets hazy as well it's it is weird like that he's the promoter of the series he can be at the track but he can't race and as far as the sponsor goes the late model guys seem to have no problem with it though yeah and and yeah you're you're kind of right um I, they you know they don't have wraps on the outside of their haulers to save money because they don't have a tour because they don't have as big of a branded national series. I understand Lucas exists, guys. I understand the World of Outlaws are a thing. There's not one that's bigger than the other to the most casual of a racing fan, especially the guys that are watching and paying attention to NASCAR every week. They, the late model scene on a national scale is the two crown jewel races at Eldora, which turn into three, and we'll talk about that in a bit. This is the this is the damn podcast of leading things on to the next damn topic before we even get there. Um, what I'm trying to say here is it it works on the late model side right now. We've seen it work. It it needs to now work on the sprint car side. I think I think everyone could benefit from it. Um, 
and the pros of that are going to outweigh, in my opinion, without having numbers in front of me, I believe the pros of that would outweigh the business the world of outlaws might lose um, in that situation. I know it would far outweigh the business that the world of outlaws would lose if they don't find a way to figure this out. Sorry, yeah. to, sorry to stutter through that. I was trying to be a little more careful with my words, but I know I don't do that often. I just, you know, I, I think for somebody who's listening to this, you, you've got to give out why, why both sides have to be, you know, thoughtful in this whole deal. And I think, you know, from, from a, a fan standpoint or, or, and from a money standpoint on the team side of things, if you're if you're trying if you're a talented team you know if you're the the Donnie shots the the Logan Shuharts the the Brad Sweets of the world who have the top guys on your crew and you have the top teams and and the top equipment and you want to go race on a Wednesday night that pays out twenty two grand and you're home and done on the road by six o'clock at night but you can't do that you're you're not helping. Grow dirt racing. I mean, we talk about this all the time on here. We talk about wanting to grow the sport, wanting to get more fans involved, not just in dirt racing, but in motorsports in general. But you're holding back some of your biggest names because they can't go run for twenty two grand on a Wednesday night. Yeah, that was well said. I can't. Uh, I can't think of anything else to say on that because that was as perfect as it gets. I think. Um, Hopefully it happens. I know there has been some progress. Um, I can't, what should I say, put that into scale or anything like that. Um, I know there has been some talks. There's been some progress. PRI, um, if you don't know what that is, it's it's a big uh, convention where a bunch of motorsports, uh, drivers, teams, owners, uh, a lot of them go to it. It's in Indiana. Um and it's going on this weekend. I'm, I hate it because I don't think I'll ever get to a PRI in my life as long as their show is always the second week of December and the Cyhawk basketball games are always Wednesday and Thursday. I, you know, Unless someone's going to private jet me uh, from Iowa City or Ames on a Thursday to Indiana on Friday morning, uh, it's going to be tough for me to ever get down there. Um, be cool. It would be really cool to uh, be there. Um, but we'll be around all weekend. We'll be keeping up, doing some updates on that. Maybe we'll do uh, an emergency podcast or something like that. Um, if things, big things end up breaking, um, we'll try to get on here as soon as we can. Um, last thing on the World of Outlaws schedule before we get going uh, to other stuff, there will be two dates at Knoxville next season uh, that aren't the Knoxville Nationals. So it's a weekend in April, a weekend in June for the annual Brownells Big Guns Bash, uh, and then the second week of August uh, with the Knoxville Nationals. So it's eight total nights of racing, and I believe uh, we're working on doing something where we can uh, do, I don't want to call it a, uh, what they call it, NASCAR race day? Mm-hmm. We want to do a, a kind of NASCAR race day style show uh, on those Saturdays a couple of times at Knoxville um, next season. We're working on getting all that, getting details and, and stuff put together so we can think about doing it, what it might cost us, what we want to uh, turn it into and what we want to do. So keep that in mind uh, for those weekends next year. If you're looking at being at Knoxville or you're on the fence of going late model nationals as well, I believe we're looking at. So um, I'll have more stuff on that as soon as we can get it. But uh I just wanted to put that out and warn you guys that we might be uh, doing some fun stuff. So, Not us. We don't do fun stuff. I, I will have like a maximum of two beers before the races, but I will drink with anyone afterwards who wants to. Just let me know. We don't do fun things. <laughs> totally serious podcast. No fun. Yeah. Oh, man. There, dude, there was a lot of Iowa State fans crapping on – uh, what's his name? Bill Walton. Um, last week when they played in Portland. Oh my god! Oh, no, he he was bad to listen to. Oh, li- live a little bit, man. 
He's a funny dude. I love I he's a ball of energy. He's a ball of sunshine. I lived for the first half and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Old boy did not know who was leading the game. Well, I it was tough. It did feel like Iowa State was winning. They were only down three. Yeah. Well. Three or four. I think it was fifteen eleven actually. All right. Um some other stuff real quick. Uh extreme non wing outlaw series uh is just done. The Outlaws venture into non-wing racing uh, last one year. They had a lot of cancellations. They did not draw over the big names that I think they ultimately wanted to. I, I would say it probably wasn't – I would assume it wasn't a good business move if they pulled it that quickly. Uh, and they did kind of pull it uh, quietly. Um, but the Extreme Outlaw Series is now just the midget tour. Uh, for next season, I know they're coming back. Uh, Tyler Rankin, I believe is his name, is going to be the uh, series director for them next season. Um, we'll see how it does. You know, I know a lot of people talk about USAC and uh, USAC's purses and stuff like that, but uh, it's interesting time. I, I mean, think I about see it like that, but think about when we went to Lake Ozark last year and it was their first ever event, right down there. And I didn't even know it was their inaugural event. I knew it at the time. I forgot about that. And there really wasn't a whole lot of cars there. I mean, for that event. Yeah, it was C- CJ was there. Who won? Did Lurie end up winning or Bacon? It was. Sorry, it to was Leary. I think it was Leary that won. I think. Yeah. I remember. Weird times. Um, maybe. In the future, they'll be back. Who knows? But they're not. They're done for now. Right. I just don't think that the non-wing sprint car side of things is as big as what they were hoping it would be. It, it is not. Midget, no. midgets, are, midgets are easy to, to, to operate as far as uh, cost of operating, right? In comparison. To, in comparison, right. Yeah. In comparison, right. Yeah, in comparison, they're just a lot easier to operate budget-wise. And in today's day and age, when you're trying to travel down the road and, and save money to, to keep traveling down the road, what's what's the better better option for you? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's tough. Um, I know when I was, like, getting into dirt racing, I was shocked uh, that some people say sprint cars don't have wings on them. Shocked. Yeah. I'd, n- I'd never heard that in my life. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's a wingless sprint car. It's it's in the name, right? <laughs> so, that, and that's, if you've ever wondered why I put the word non-wing anytime we write that, that's why it uh, clears up confusion, especially a lot of our fan bases from uh, Knoxville, where sprint cars have wings. Right. So that's a shirt for us. There we go. There you go. You see, you are creative. Yeah. I, well, it's it's effortless. Um, we just want we just want to do uh, stuff that you guys want to see. I don't want to make a shirt that no one likes. You know, something like sprint cars suck. That, that'd be a stupid shirt to make. I don't know. Somebody'd buy it. <laughs> I think the guy that I think the guy that's that uh, you know lets us lets us have the lights on might might buy it. That's fair. He might he might like it. Ricky Weiss uh, might like that. Uh, also, might like that. Yeah. Someday we'll convince Bobby Pierce to test a sprint car. Someday, I doubt it. Someday we well, Bobby and I are going to play pond hockey this winter. We confirmed it yesterday. There you go. A couple of tweets back and forth. We'll teach him how to skate, and then in return, we'll have him drive Ayrton's car, and maybe he won't wreck it. Well, that yeah. Yeah, boy, that seems like a lot lot of ifs going on in there. Yeah, there's also a lot of weather favorability playing <laughs> at specific times of the year. Right. Um, but yeah, goal, goal is to get it done by February, guys. All right, everyone everyone, uh, say a prayer. Light some candles or something. All right, um, 2023, Lucas Oil late model schedule, World of Outlaws late model schedule all came out. Um, the biggest thing on both of them concerning, I guess, in a combination of both of them, XR schedule included, uh, the Lucas 
season finale, the Dirt Track World Championship that pays a hundred grand to win is moving to Eldora. So there is now three six digit to win late model races being held at Eldora Speedway in 2023. Are we oversaturating the market there? Oh, 100% you are oversaturating the market there. But on the same token, are you going to get people will show up? People will show up. They're going to show up. People are going to show up. But are is anybody else footing the bill anywhere else? Yeah, and I, I guess it's something we'll we'll wait to see. Um, bodes well for the guys that yeah. like Eldora. Probably doesn't for the people that that don't like it. But it's a magical track for late models. I do like the aspect of Eldora being the late model track and Knoxville being the sprint car one. Maybe we could turn that into NASCAR coming uh, every other year on a two-year rotation or something like that. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, Rather than take races away from a racing fan-rich state that is Iowa. I'm still griping about that. Sorry. Yeah, you are. Uh, Some things never change. Yeah, (laughs) haven't been on the show for a month, and we some things have never changed. I had to keep railing at it, and, and we'll go into it right now with our transition to the asphalt stuff, but the IndyCar race is coming back to Iowa, as we already knew. Uh, four concerts lined up. I know Ed Sheeran's one of them. Do you remember the other ones? Carrie Underwood? Kenny Chesney, Kenny Carrie Chesney. Underwood, and Zach Brown Band. Okay. So here's, uh, here's what happened. Uh, I guess for people who – didn't have tickets last year or didn't know. Um, but to recap everything, last year's tickets, um, what they cost uh, in the same seat this year, a large amount of them doubled. A large amount of them doubled in price for the whole weekend. It's the same. You buy one ticket. It's, I believe it's for the whole weekend, and you get into all the concerts because they're before, directly before and after each race, right? But some play, some things you can't buy because you have to be on or you have to have certain passes to be on the track. Right. Only right. Some, some tickets allow you in the stands. Right. So, so that's a, you know, that's a whole nother thing. There's a lot of people out there very ticked off at IndyCar, Iowa, hy V, whoever they want to be ticked off with. Is that you? You get in for free with I, I am. I do, but. I'm if I'm a paying fan on this, I I would be on the fan side of things. Yeah, okay, now hold on here because I just I'm a man of the people. I'm being a both sides guy right now, and you making me on the evil side every time is not helping me. Well, be a man of the people, and you don't have that problem. All right. Well, if we're gonna parade around, I'd be hypocritical if I was gonna parade around and tell everyone how great of a bargain the tickets last year were, and not bring that up when we're talking about a ticket increase for this year. The stands were not completely sold out last year. It was the biggest crowd I've seen at Iowa Speedway in a decade, but the stands were not completely sold out. Mm-hmm. Had they been completely sold out, I think you could justify keeping the tickets the same or a smaller increase. I think overall you should have had a smaller increase, but I'm very frustrated that we talked about how much of a bargain the tickets were. And I understand they doubled it, and that is a large increase. That's like 200 a ticket for the more average or the mean um, of all the ticket prices, right? $200 in increase. That's a lot of money. I'm the first person to understand that. I don't make a lot, contrary to what you guys think. Maybe they don't think that. I don't think I, I, don't think I put that out. But Honor makes more money than everybody that's listening to this combined, just so you know. <laughs> no. I'm saying I don't think I'd give off that energy that I make a bunch of money. Uh, <laughs> it would be it would be better, yes, if they only raised them by fifty percent. I understand that. What they've done, they've done. I don't see them changing it. I think it'd be a whale of a curvy road to go into changing the ticket price is back. I don't know what all goes into that. Hold on, Damon. I'm still going to say I just have questions. I want. I have questions. I don't have anything against. I just have questions. Okay. Well, go ahead. All right. I'm still going to sit here and tell you that that will be one of the premier events, uh, especially on our schedule, 
but on racing schedule in a grand scheme of things for the 2023 season. And if you can afford it, get down there. It's going to be fun. We want to do something fun down there as well. Um, but it, it is going to be a very big event like it was last year. And I'm very, very excited to see it come back. And I hope that if you're on the fence about going, spend the money. If you can afford it, spend the money. You won't be disappointed in the entertainment you see at the race all weekend. And I can guarantee that for everyone of any age involved because of what we saw last year and all of the stuff going on. I don't think you could knock out an inaugural event better than they did last year. So you can get to your questions now. You're all good. So my, my, my question, I guess, and you keep bringing it up if you can afford it, if you can afford it. Well, people, I don't want to tell people like, Hey, the price went up, but screw your wallet. Well, but that's, that's what they're doing. I I understand that, but I'm not them. So here's here's my my question I guess for this is if the place did not sell out last year right you you had already mentioned that the place did not sell out so if the place doesn't sell out last year what makes you think that a price increase is going to be more beneficial than detrimental now I couldn't I couldn't tell you exactly what they're thinking I'm not in the rooms What that would lead me to guess is that they didn't make as much money as they wanted to make on it last year. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, 100% that's the case. Did you see the ads that were going around? That's fair. Completely fair. I can also tell you that I don't think it costs that much money to digitally advertise. It wasn't just digital, though. Like there, I know. There was a lot. My high V that's right across the street here. Yeah, all that stuff, too. Me here had a whole bunch of stuff promoting the race that's seven hours away. Yes, and they, they've done a ton of that. They, they're doing it for the Indy 500. They're going to have that car again full-time next year. You know what? The, and this is probably the craziest thing to come out of it. And I was writing down my list, and I overlooked this. And I asked Damon before I got on. Remind me if I miss anything, and I'm remembering it myself, and I would now elevate this to the biggest thing we're talking about today. Christian Lundgaard raced for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan last year in the number 30 car. Breakout season. Kid did phenomenal for a rookie in IndyCar. Probably one of the best rookie years we've seen in a long time. Um, He is moving to the high V car. So mm-hmm. if, if you don't know Hy-Vee and you don't know Jack, well, that's Christian now. Right. So a lot, a lot of people were uh, – the fan favorite was Jack Harvey, and I think he finished like 17th or – it might have been 22nd. I thought it was 17th. I'm getting – there's two numbers in my head. Good. 17th or 22nd, neither of them are very good in IndyCar. You need to be higher than that. And Jack was a fantastic guy to talk to. I, I saw him at multiple of the – media things. I went to as many as I could because this event deserves that coverage, quite frankly. Um, and also that it's, you know, if they're like, hey, you want to come down and do interviews and they're 30 minutes away, like it's shorter drive than Iowa State to talk to Bill Finley, right? Anyways, um, yeah, it just they're switching him to the high V car. Now, that tells you, Ivy wants results. Ivy is changing stuff for next year, the way they go about this. So which of those is going to create more of a positive ROI? Will we see tickets back down the next year? Will they return to sponsor again? I don't, I know there's an agreement to race there. I don't, I've not heard if there is an agreement from Ivy to keep sponsoring that. That's oh, I think been, it is. That's never been confirmed I just on the record, sure? I, haven't, I haven't seen that confirmed or reported by anyone. I think you could make an educated guess that that's the case with these moves. I think putting Christian Lundgaard in the high V car is a big, a big sign that high V's in it for, and they've already been in it for the long haul. 
considering that there is a pay, their website is got a countdown for 228 days, 16 hours, 33 minutes, and five seconds for the tickets uh, for the high V IndyCar race weekend. No, you're, you're talking about next year. I'm I'm talking about yeah. wait on the road. The because they're under contract through 2025 to race there. Right. So I'm just saying High V hasn't been confirmed as the sponsor that's going to put on the whole weekend for 24 or 25. And if they are, if you're from High V and you want to tell me, I'd love that. We'll we'll let everybody and their brother know. And thank you for doing so. If that's you listening, I don't think the CEO. If Ivy's listening to this, but that's all I meant by that is I don't know if Ivy's a hundred percent. I would think now you're leaning that they are with the changes we've seen them make in the past month. Um, everything we just talked about, I would think that leans, Oh yeah, we're going to be in it for years to come. Um, and they've already been in it for two. So it, at this point I should stop saying, I don't know if they're going to be in it for the long haul because it is, it is a little uh, weird and shocking. Like we were, I was tearing up at the concert last year, but seeing IndyCar being advertised at the grocery store I go to every day, like that's awesome to me. It's insane. I never thought I'd see any racing advertised at the grocery store I'm at every day. And now the entire summer, it's IndyCar time in the middle of High V, and it's awesome. I bought a little semi truck hauler that I got from a shelf. I'm not yeah. wow, not wowing Damon with any of this, I guess. That you were, were you trying to find something on it? Yeah, I was. Any luck? I I didn't. No. Yeah, I didn't think I saw anything like that. It, and the only reason we got the confirmation for through 2025 was uh, announcement made at the track. Right. So, but nonetheless, uh, it's going to be awesome. We'll be there to cover it again. Um, that's sharpied in on the schedule in big gold letters, uh, much like this week's Cyhawk basketball games. You have a gold Sharpie? Got a lot of different colors. Hmm. That's what I took out of that. Well, sometimes when I have a headache, I sniff them a little bit. It's fun. That's a problem. Don't do that, kids. That's a problem. It's satirical. All right, um, a couple of NASCAR headlines. Um, this report uh, comes from Jayski, uh, the Race Team Alliance. So as you know, the NASCAR teams got together, formed a uh, group um, to better value themselves as brands, drivers, teams, everything like that um, within NASCAR. Uh, and that's what the RTA, the Race Team Alliance is. Um, This report says race team alliance considering exhibition races. So, um, and I'll just read from it right here. It says the the RTA is deepening its relationship uh, with Wasserman uh, to have the sports marketing agency look into the possibility of holding exhibition races, a potentially stunning development that suggests that NASCAR's biggest teams could organize their own events in the off season. Uh, Wasserman managing director of the United States, Will Pleasance, uh, confirmed to, I guess this is a report on Jayski from Sports Business Journal, but confirmed to them on Tuesday of when this came out, that's a week ago, I believe, uh, that the agency has been hired to explore exhibition race opportunities, both domestically and internationally, uh, via a request for information proposal, uh, very exploratory. So what that tells me um, is that these teams are looking for other ways to earn revenue uh, after the year, in the offseason, right? Um, It wouldn't include NASCAR, and I don't know how those contracts work. Um, The charter thing, I believe, goes through 24. But... I'm not uh, not a hundred percent sure just where uh, where this will go or how serious it is or what it will bring. Um, on the top of my head, I can't think of many things, uh, especially like are they racing NASCAR cars? You know, are they racing? Is this uh, IROC for the off season? You know, what what is going on with this is all extremely uh, preliminary. But I do know this has been kind of something that 
one of the things the Race Team Alliance was created to do. Um, not necessarily take races away from NASCAR, take the drivers and race them elsewhere, uh, but figure out ways to maximize their own profits and in, in what they do and the races they run. So I'm not so sure we're going to get. Can I ask here. you this? Can I ask you this? Yeah. Are are you behind that? Not necessarily. I would need to see any any sort of specifics to make any left or right decision on that. I, should I say up or down? That's less political. Yeah. Any north or south de- uh, decision. I just I want, wanted to. I, I don't want to want to make sure you stood on the same footing with this conversation as you did with the previous one. Well, I don't want to run halfway up the hill and slip on a rock and tumble down. You know, I can't backpedal that fast. I just want to make sure. <laughs> want to make sure. All right. What are, what are you comparing? Which one are you comparing? I'm comparing the outlaws one. Okay. All right. Want to make sure that you're not, you know, in the same, in the same, in the same way, in the same way. Are you going to, is a casual fan going to go to a race weekend because it's NASCAR? Are they going to go to see, uh, let's do Chase Elliott, um, Landon Castle and Ryan Blaney. I would Uh, say the NASCAR weekend is going to be the bigger draw between those two. Now NASCAR has NASCAR has thirty six full time drivers. The World of Outlaws had thirteen last season. Okay, it's, we're comparing apples to oranges in its in a sense. I don't. I, 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 I certainly that see that side of the aisle on if the World you, of Outlaws. If, if you take Chase Elliott out of a NASCAR race, I think you lose a lot of attendance. If he's racing somewhere else. And Chase Elliott's not in that NASCAR race, and he's running somewhere else. You'll lose a lot of attendance. Okay, and you know what? I I will say that's fair. I don't think any World of Allies. Donnie Shots, maybe. Does Odell Beckham earn? Does sorry? Does Donnie Shots and I would say Sheldon Hodden Shield. Does Odell Beckham own a uh, Chase Elliott shirt? This is how we can figure out if his brand's that big. That's a good point. Probably. (laughs) Knowing Odell, knowing Odell, probably. (laughs) You and him met up a couple of times, right? Yeah, he's a he's a big big fan of the Columbia College bowling team. <laughs> All right. Um, so speaking of which, I didn't want to challenge Damon's uh, thing there. It's the last thing we got to get to. Elliot Chase Elliott won uh, most popular driver, I believe. Noah Gregson and Haley Deegan took it home for Xfinity and Truck Series. There's people ticked off about this. There's people asking me, "Will Chase Elliott?" ever lose a most popular driver award. And the thing they can't grasp, and it's because Chase Elliott, when he's on TV, is very, I don't want to say poised. Um, that's just not the first word that comes to mind. It's He's very tight-knit. He's very Matt Campbell. Um, he's not going to coach speak you to death, but he's not going to tell you anything else either. Uh, he's, he's just going to sit there and and you know, tell you almost what you want to hear. And he might come off um, a little bitchy sometimes. You know, the last time he had a big thing, it was talked about in NASCAR for that whole month with Kevin Harvick and then for the entire offseason and then used as promotional stuff for the next race at the track um, and all that. You know, that's – and that's a typical cause and effect – Right, that's always what's going to happen. I don't blame anyone for that. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a negative thing, but I'm guessing Chase didn't want that to be um, his brand, you know, stuff like that. So, what I think people forget though is his dad won the same award 18 times. Yes, then that's what I was I was gonna get. To. And then I've been rambling tonight. My bad. I took my medicine too close to this podcast, but Dale Jr. won it you know, 13, 15 times, whatever it was. And to be quite honest with you, yes, Chase Elliott drove in in the 24 car and was teammates with Dale Jr. But that's the closest thing that Dale Jr. fans have now is, is Chase Elliott. I mean, like, frankly, that is who all of his people went to when he retired. And that's where all of Bill's people went to when 
when Chase became a, a NASCAR Cup Series driver. So you're not only taking one of the biggest names in the sport, you're taking literally two of the biggest fan bases ever to to take over. Yeah, and you know that's and that's a large product. I'm gonna add, I'm gonna build on because I was gonna say all the same stuff. You you're taking that those two big fan bases and a large product of why you had them come together was because Dale Jr. went to race at Hendrick Motorsports because of what happened at DEI. Dale Jr. goes to Hendrick and now they're cheering for Jr. and his Hendrick teammates. Okay. And all of a sudden you have those groups cheering for Jr. or cheering for Jeff Gordon because of his relationship with Evernham um, as well as the Bill Elliott fans. And you get that and you get a lot of the Jeff Gordon fan base because Chase Elliott was Jeff Gordon's replacement is now latched on to Chase Elliott. You have all these groups that have came together under one driver. And that's why you see a lot of the, oh, hey, this Chase Elliott fan on Twitter was mean to me. Well, I mean, you're pulling from the three biggest, three of the biggest fan bases in NASCAR history. Uh, You're bound to get some stupid people tweeting at you, uh, tweeting dumb things at you, right? Um, but no, I, I think that's why Chase is winning. I would say those fans are going to be looking at stuff outside the track. They're going to be watching him run sprint car races, dirt races, Chili Bowl. Um, I don't think he's running Chili Bowl this year. I wouldn't doubt it. Educated guesses. Um, but that's all of that is tied into it. And the chase that isn't racing in NASCAR that weekend, much more entertaining to listen to. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to ever take that into account for his brand, but he, he's just a close knit guy. Now, will it work for him? Will it not? I, not for me to say or guess. Um, I don't think it changes how he races or anything like that, but he could have, he could have said a lot of stuff about Ross Chastain after the uh, season finale for NASCAR this year. He didn't, didn't do anything like that. You know, he's he's just a different cat than he was a couple of years ago, which is crazy to like think about. But God knows, I would have said something. <laughs> we got we got our Ross Chastain mention in for the show as well. So that's uh, the last thing. The other thing I I know I've told the listeners to pay attention to a bunch of stuff. We're going to be doing. Uh, our version uh, of the end of the year awards in a couple weeks. They're going to be called the Dickies. If you guys want any type of category or anything, what is uh, what is one we're doing, Damon? Save of the year, I think. We've we've came up with a couple different lists. They aren't going to be the traditional uh, types of things. I just wanted to throw out an example. Um, but it's going to be some unconventional stuff. We're going to work a couple of weeks on it. It'll be largely uh, while I'm on the couch watching bowl games all winter. But if you if you guys want us to look at four cases of anything or uh, make an award to bash on one guy, let us know. Can already tell you who the leader in the clubhouse is for loser of the year. Hundred percent. You can guess. He might drive the one car. Don't give. We're gonna be giving awards away. Um, hey, there's you know, multiple people that drive the one car. We could technically we we could sell. We could have people bet on it. We could. Who do you think's gonna win this award? And then we'll just rig it so the house wins. I like that. As long as people are giving me money, I don't care. There, there might be a legality thing to that. We probably won't do that extent of it. Um, Legal gab- gambling ring? Nah. Yeah. But stay tuned for the. It's cash only, by the way. But uh, stay tuned for that. Um, if you see uh, the Dickey Awards or the Dickies, I don't know what what the branding is going to be on it. I want to get a trademark on it or something stupid. But um, we're going to be doing that uh, in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Damon, do you have anything else to add? Nothing. Okay. Nothing All right. Well, sorry again, guys, for going on hiatus. I don't think. Uh, you will not understand how much of a baby and how much I complain when I'm sick. And I already complain a lot. Um, so at the start of that whole stretch was not a very good time to be me or listen to me. Um, but we, we don't plan on having hiatuses like that. We appreciate uh, y'all uh, 
y'all listening tonight and um as well as all the people that uh sent us uh the spotify rap stuff i got a few uh from those people on uh, shout out to them um and thanks a ton guys tell your friends about us let us know um what you want to hear more of stuff like that anytime we're always all ears uh i will always remind you that you guys uh are more important than you could ever understand uh, to what we're doing at Always Race and what we want to do in 2023. So appreciate y'all. Thank you, Damon. Um, kill it in Vegas. We'll, we'll talk to you before Las Vegas. Damon is taking his bowling team to Las Vegas and pretends that it's not a vacation. <laughs> it's he, not sch- a- he scheduled two tournaments back to back. Well, that's how they fall. But <laughs> it's, not, it's not a vacation. We got to go. We got to go get some sort of points. All right. Well, thank you guys again. Um, and we will see you, uh, later this week. I'm going to, we're going to do it post some of the stuff coming out from PRI. And I know I've got to talk to Damon about when he's available. Damon, when are you available inside baseball? Mm, Thursday, Thursday and Friday. This week, Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Uh, Not Friday. Okay. So Thursday afternoon before I go to the Cyhawk. Men's game is that a good time? Um, I'll have to get back with you on that, but I think so. Sometime Thursday afternoon. I don't have my I don't have my calendar, so I really don't know. My calendar is in my office. Okay, we'll am, we'll figure it out for you guys. Um, and if not, it you can maybe hear from me and Jared Stansberry, and we'll talk racing. That'd be that really should be funny. entertaining. That'd be really funny to get him because he would challenge everything. I think, see, you should get them on anyway, whether I'm on or not. We'll do that someday, but I, I need to find something that he has somewhat of a – and I know he watches some NASCAR, but I need to, I need to find Perfect. something to get him riled up on. Perfect. If he hates Ross Chastain, he can join. And, yeah, and I don't know if he does. I've tried to get him to. This is a, this is a hate Ross Chastain only podcast. Chris, Chris, you can tell something to, and he'll just go against you. Like I told him about how we don't like Chastain. Uh, we're, we're Drake Bulldog's house. Um, Tulane isn't for real. That was a past year take, by the way. Don't, don't hammer me on that this year. Uh, but he always goes against me. He's, he's becoming a rival. Well. Not gonna lie, it's pretty easy to become a become a rival of yours. You just have to have so. I I just say so many things that you can easily point at the opposite way. So so many dumb things. Let's rephrase that. Oh, okay. You cut off, so I didn't hear the word dumb. But yeah, so many dumb things. Well, yeah, duh. It's the whole brand, man. Yeah, you're creating the wrong brand. You got it. You got to do a lot of dumb things in your life to figure out how to be smart. All I'm saying. Yes and no. All right. I almost brought Take up to differ. Elon Musk came to my head as a joke, and that's we're running. We're we're done. That's it. That's got to be the end. Would have been bad. That'll be the end of the night, folks. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.